This is episode 231 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Control and Compound Financial. They teach real estate investors how to multiply their wealth using infinite banking strategies. For a complimentary wealth coaching session or to learn more, visit www.controlandcompound.com forward slash Andrew Hines. Welcome back to the show. Today I have Amy Leong and Ali Ballum on the show all the way from Vancouver, British Columbia. And uh, I've had many people over the years ask me to get West Coast guests on. And I think this is one of the first times that I've got them on face to face right here in the studio. So uh, I was grateful for them to, to make the trip out to come on the show and they were doing a couple other things in the area. And they were talking about, yes, their business uh, investing in pre-construction in Vancouver, but we really focused in on their international uh, investing focus, which they're doing now. So uh, Amy and Ali both acknowledged the challenges in the market, the challenges investing, uh, the challenges in investing in British Columbia in general, as well as in Canada in general. And they saw better opportunities in Arizona, as well as in Cabo in Mexico. And uh, we talked about what they're doing to make their Airbnb strategy work in those locations and the fact that they're also getting their real estate license in those areas. Uh, so Ali's actually going to become a tax resident in Arizona. And uh, Amy is thinking about doing something similar in uh, Cabo in terms of getting her license, but will likely retain her tax residency in British Columbia. So um, it was a, a deep discussion on the strategy. Why do that strategy? And we also went through case studies on both markets, what they've done um, in those markets and how they're they're putting together anything from a six and a half cap to a 15 to 18% cap, uh, depending on the location that they're investing in. So um, there's a lot of potential out there. A lot more than just in uh, Ontario or just in British Columbia or just in Canada. And I've seen so many investors in my network uh, thinking of thinking about going outside of Canada. And uh, that reflects in the guests you see on this show. Uh, this is uh, really a, a current show and we, we we get current perspectives. So I really enjoyed this one and uh, definitely got uh, some ideas going in my head. So just before we get into the episode, I want to remind you about the GTA West REI meetup, which happens monthly. Make sure that you're in the group so you hear about our next event and get on the attending list. Uh, very, very important so that we know our numbers. And also, if you have an already checked it out. REI Hot Seat is where you go if you want to see me and uh, resident realtor Jacob Campanero breaking down current and on-market deals as well as off-market deals, talking about how we make them work and uh, really digging into the numbers. So if you want to see the spreadsheets, if you want to see the different deals we're looking at, uh, definitely make sure you're subscribed to that YouTube-only channel for now. Okay, well, with that being said, let's jump into episode 231 with Amy and Allie. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Ali Ballum and Amy Leong. Uh, did I say that right? Yeah. Okay. All right. All the way from Vancouver? We are. And I, I think there was a there's a backstory here, which uh, there was some back and forth. We were trying to figure out a time for you to come on. I didn't know that we were having to do it in person. So I just committed to like anything that Jane had sent over. And yeah. uh, and so Amy's like, no, Ali, we have to be out there for this. Um, you can't be in Arizona. I can't be in Mexico. So there was a couple yeah. cancellations there. Yeah, and I, I try and do that with this show. Like, we rarely will do a Zoom uh, just because it's so much better. You know, you get a better vibe in the room mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, really get to kind of dig in a bit more. So, 
Uh, appreciate you doing this. You didn't just come here for me, right? Well, we have a lot of friends and a lot of colleagues that uh, were kind of fighting over us, which is very nice to, to see. But uh, we've we've been back to back since we got here. A little bit yeah. of fun, a little bit of work, some property tours. And yeah, yeah, maybe some too much fun last night, but <laughs> <laughs> but you all made good. it here. Anyway. We made it here. Yeah, we're um, feeling good. A lot of people who are watching this and listening to this aren't going to be familiar with you or your backstory. This is going to be the very first introduction. So give me the the spiel, so to speak. Tell me what you're all about, what you guys do. Allie? <laughs> um, so Amy and I have been uh, licensed realtors for over nine years now. And uh, mainly in the last four years, five years, we've become very investment focused realtors, mm -hmm. I would say. Um, and uh, that led us over the last couple of years to um, transition into different markets, primarily in the U.S., um, in in Arizona, and then in Mexico, in Los Cabos, and Tulum. Yeah, so we actually met at our real estate course sitting side by side, and Ali- In Vancouver. In Vancouver, in Vancouver yeah. Ali and I just kind of mm -hmm. hit it off. We have the same work ethic. And we hadn't found that a lot of women, young women per se, were investing in real estate. It was really mm -hmm. hard. So um, I looked at Ali and we kind of found out coincidentally that we both owned our own places um, and bought them at age 24 mm -hmm. and owned more and wanted to grow our portfolios. So the best part was is, you know, we kind of went our separate ways for about three years. Um, Ali worked independently. I worked with a mentor and another realtor and partnered with him. And then we came full circle. And then about five, six years ago, we fully partnered and we've never looked back. Um, and we've built a pretty extensive portfolio. And now we're so passionate about helping people and ourselves buy across border. Um, and then I've been listening to your podcast for many years. So to, to sit here, I was like, this mm -hmm. is so awesome uh, because it's just been such a journey for us. Mm -hmm. And we're, you know, really happy that we can help a lot of, you know, maybe a younger demographic, but also an older demographic, which we want to get into deeper with you today because we're really into our demographics of people like and our economics and yeah. who we help. It's very uh, specific so well i should be taking notes <laughs> on all the things i want to ask you about i mean <laughs> we've got the international element uh you know the fact that you guys you know are you both like long-time listeners or ali you just kind of i have over the last yeah. like eight months okay yeah yeah and you a few years there yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because like we'll have people on uh on instagram that my wife and i are like instagram friends with now because they have kids and we're like how do we even know that person <laughs> it's like one day they tweeted out or, or instead out that they were listening to the podcast and it went from there oh that's Aww. great yeah. yeah it's cool the connections you make this way so uh talk to me about like it's vancouver's where you bought that's where you started that's where we both started yeah like and you bought your first home in vancouver first so my first property at 24 was bought downtown vancouver for like uh, $3 million or something? No, actually at that yeah. time, I actually bought it for $335,000, which was absurd. How many square feet does that buy? 584 square okay, feet. Okay, so yeah, that's like, I mean, I'm not gonna even call that reasonable, but yeah. yes, for Vancouver At the time it was in, yeah. in, in, 20, in 2009, yeah. 2010, that yeah. was reasonable. Like, that was going right, yeah. That was the going rate. Mm -hmm. And my parents thought I was crazy. They said, why don't you buy you know closer to us? You can mm -hmm. get something for you know, 240,000, that's double the size. Mm -hmm. But my life was downtown Vancouver and I was working downtown Vancouver. And now that property today, um, I'm netting over $2,000 a month cash flow. So, wow. Yeah, it's great. It was a great investment and I still have it to this day. Yeah. So. 
good on you for mine was the suburbs okay it was saving for five years i remember saving five hundred dollars a month and for five years for five years wow and it was right after the it kind of took a little while for the the kind of 2008 crash Mm. to cycle through to canada and i bought at the peak Mm. and so it taught me at a young age that what is the worst case scenario if you go through something if you don't sell it you're not over leveraged and somebody's either paying or you know you're cash flowing you're okay so mine actually didn't do well after i bought it because I, I didn't study real estate back then. I fell in love with a rain mm-hmm. shower head in the presentation center. Yeah. I'm like, this looks great. Naturally, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's wonderful. Like nice things. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I've never seen one of these before, you know. So it's funny looking back going, oh my gosh, that was the worst timing I could have possibly mm-hmm. bought. But no, it wasn't because if you keep it long enough, I use that to buy um, a detached house in North Vancouver, which is very, very expensive now. Yeah. Um, but it set me up for not being as fearful, maybe. So I actually look back and thank that little property. Yeah, like doing those those deals that lose or hurt. That's how you learn, right? And that's how I learned. Mm-hmm. And yeah, my my early investing was not sunshine and rainbows. It was just like pain. But I didn't have the community and I sure didn't know of podcasts. Like there weren't really the podcasts back then, especially not Canadian. And no. it's, it's a lot different now for people getting started. They have this huge safety blanket of a community but the market's way harder now so it's kind of offset <laughs> oh definitely and even the nice thing about amy and i is when we met um like she said we went our separate ways we still did a lot of business together so mm-hmm. a lot of co-lists a lot of referrals and but we had the same goals so mm-hmm. we were able to keep each other accountable right like we both had the same goals three properties by 30 10 by 40 and we're almost 40 years old but we've now you know surpassed that that goal But Mm -hmm. it's only because we have each other to kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. rely on each other for and and even, you know, bounce ideas off of and and investment um, scenarios and and whatnot. To have a second opinion is great, right? And we've always been that kind of shoulder for each other. Yeah, that kind of community thing. Mm -hmm. It's like super helpful. There's like when you talk to like-minded people. And uh, so some point you both decided that there was something beyond Canada and Vancouver. (laughs) Talk me through that. I think it was after, or well, just before COVID, we were still going to places along kind of the West Coast. We wanted sun, you know, it doesn't matter what age, everyone thought, you know, the older mm-hmm. you are, you're going to go to, say, Arizona. Yeah. Know, to or Florida, and, if or you're Florida, out here, Or right? Florida, if you're out on the East Coast. And we just loved it so much. And every time we'd go, we couldn't believe the home prices <laughs> because, you know, we're sitting on our Vancouver perch going, yeah. oh, well, that's cute. Hmm. That rancher with a pool is you know half a million dollars that's what a little tiny shoebox in vancouver costs so it just started to really imprint on us and and then ali actually and i'll let ali talk about this um met her now husband in scottsdale and he was managing airbnbs for years and and had a couple himself so that was kind of our entry point into the u.s market and we just loved going there and so did all of our friends to golf and enjoy and you know, Vancouver, it rains 180 days a year. Mm-hmm. And it was just amazing and just more plentiful cash flow. And the thing about the cash flow is I'm not sure what your restrictions are out here, but in Vancouver, they have cracked down heavily on Airbnbs. So there used to be 15 to 20 condo buildings that allowed it. Now there's about five to seven in the whole lower mainland. Are there any and- municipal restrictions on it as well? 
Like, oh yeah, yeah. You can only rent out your home and got to be a, it's got to be a primary yeah. primary um, home. So that's the thing, mm-hmm. right? So it took a lot of us out of that market, and a lot of our clients are looking to us saying, "Where can we get cash flow? Mm-hmm. Where in another market can we produce what we were doing five you know five years ago here, which we can't do yeah. now?" And so we were before the U.S. going out to Victoria, going to Kelowna, and going into other markets where they were generating that cash flow, but then as the market kind of got, you know, more expensive and interest rates started going up, those numbers didn't make sense anymore. Yeah. Which is what brought us to Arizona and Mexico. So the US and Mexico decisions were in the past year, two years? About two years. Okay. But you had already been doing some Airbnb. So your husband's American. My husband's American, yeah. So that was And how long have you been married? You've been married for three years. Three years, okay. So you've done that. You already got the kid right in right away. Didn't wait. <laughs> oh, we didn't wait. <laughs> it was actually a COVID couple, and it wasn't even like an accident. But yeah. we're like, we might as well start trying, and yeah. and it happened first time. So yeah, hey. similar yeah. story for us actually. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, because you hear these stories, it could take years. And that's why I said to yeah. Amy, I'm like, oh, probably a year, maybe a year and a half. We got yeah. lots of time to build what we're building, and then yeah. next month, I was like okay so <laughs> we're still going to keep doing what we're doing but <laughs> yeah it changes things it changes things for sure yeah so uh you met four years ago then your husband like how yeah, long so you met did. four yeah. married it three years ago uh so that's kind of the american connection so obviously arizona is a big piece you're gonna you're gonna start doing airbnbs there is that yeah so we want to start building are. we are we already have yeah. um amy and i together have a couple airbnbs my husband and i as well and we want to continue to build our portfolio there um, I recently passed my school and state exam. It was very hard. I did it in five weeks with <laughs> the the craziness back home. Mm-hmm. And so I will be um, fully licensed there, hoping by, by middle of September at the latest. Okay. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be active in the market. You can't, uh, you can't do that without either a visa or a permanent residency. Card. Yeah. You have permanent residency down there. Yeah, already? so I just got my How pre-approval. Did you do that so quickly. <laughs> you so I got my married. pre-approval. You don't waste any time. I know. <laughs> I've got my pre-approval. Um, I'm just waiting on my interview, which hopefully will be in the next three to six weeks. So you could take the course, but you can't register without the. Social so yeah. Security so I, number. I, yeah, you're not actually supposed to be able to write the um, state exam without it, but I was able to um, persuade the head of Pearson's school um and yeah so i was able to to take that pass that and then i can't be registered until i have my my paperwork so yeah yeah. well hey that gets you going so you're gonna Mm -hmm. you're gonna move basically we're gonna be spending six months of the year six months and then so six months less a day in canada exactly yeah so then state tax in in arizona is favorable compared to uh much more favorable (laughs) it is yeah so we'll be our my husband and i will be doing our taxes and declaring them yeah. in the u.s yeah yeah u.s tax residency like like if you compare you could be an ontario or any of the province resident any of the states almost beats it and except maybe like new york state and maybe california mm-hmm. i'm sure there's a couple other examples i'm no expert on that but like say florida no state tax so you're going to be like top bracket 39 percent at the federal level yeah and then nothing on the state level what's uh what's arizona is that small it, small tax rate for state it is it's yeah. it's it's very similar to that yeah also, oh, it's like not not a huge one. Just not a huge one. Not yeah, all. the thing like I've heard, I was just talking to some Americans the other day that are from Texas and they're like, well, everybody loves the no income tax, but co- you know, come look at the property tax and their, their property taxes are insane. Yeah. You know, just like a regular house will be like 12 grand a year in property tax. See, that's one of the things that we loved about Arizona. And when we were looking at different markets, um, our house, even one of the houses that we have together, 
our property taxes are sixteen hundred for the year at a seven hundred and fifty five thousand dollar purchase price. Yeah. Okay. So you win there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that we might as well just go through some Arizona numbers. Uh, so seven fifty. That was. Is that like the first one? So that's the first one that Amy and I did together. Yes. Okay, you're doing it together. And how are you buying these? Are, like, are you buying it in a LP GP structure? Yes, or? most of our clients are buying in an LP GP structure. Okay, but this is the one that you guys did personally. Yeah, we did it in our personal names. We okay. this one was a the trial one <laughs> per se. Um, this was our learning curve. So we don't buy anywhere. Um, we don't sell anywhere until we've yeah. done it ourselves. So we actually yeah. were the guinea pigs for this um, Arizona adventure. It makes sense that you're you know you're involved in it if you're if you're going to be selling it to your clients. Exactly. Uh, it makes you much more credible as a salesperson to uh, to have that scenario. Uh, okay, so purchase price of that one. Let's just go through it. Was how so seven fifty five. Okay. And then did you have to do any improvements or? Zero. Okay. What about like staging, decorating, all that stuff? Yeah. So staging, actually, Amy can I talk did. about that. <laughs> well, we're very resourcefully. We furnished everything for, I think it was $15,000 and it was a three bed mm -hmm. and that was indoor and outdoor furniture. Okay. And a what's three what's bedroom seven, with a pool? Yeah. Three bed pool, uh, like decent space for outdoor activities and such. Or? Yeah. It was amazing. It was actually quite a, yeah. a, a large lot. How big was our lot? I think it was uh, around 7,500, 7,800 square feet for the lot. Yeah. 7,500. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what that works out to like dimension wise, but is that like, like a 50 by 150 or something like that? I would say like 50 by 134 or yeah, kind yeah. of around there. Yeah. yeah okay. 50 by 140. Okay. So going to put it up on Airbnb. You guys have done your research to make sure that it's going to smash, I'm sure. Well, we had a, an interesting criteria at first before we started really honing in on everything. And if anyone knows about, you know, the downtown kind of old town and, yeah. you know, the day clubs and it's really fun there. Right. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to be pretty much within a 10 minute radius of bottled blonde, which is one of like the most fun kind of bars. Mm. Um, so that was kind of one of the criteria in prime zip codes that we had kind of pulled from AirDNA. Okay, so you had done your research on AirDNA yes. to find out what was performing. And what's a house in that neighborhood typically do on a year? Is it like 100 to 200 and in that range? No, anywhere from about 75 to about 130, depending okay. on depending on how many bedrooms, how many right. people you can sleep. Okay. Um, if it's been decked out for you know for ladies only, and it's a it's a bachelorette house, yeah. some of them we've seen do 170 to 180 a year for a similar okay. size house. That's what do you think you'll do based on what you've done? So we can go because we've had it. We we've had that for a year. Okay. So we did last year. We did 83,000. 83,000. Okay. We had a bit better interest rate. Yeah, your interest rate so would have been better. Yeah, we probably. were 5% interest rate. Yeah, okay. So I'm going to go ahead and just throw that in now. And did you finance 80%? We did 25. So 75, 25. 25. Yeah. Okay, so 75% financed at a 30 gram. Yeah. And 5%. Oh, that's not bad. And no. this was done through like what a prime institution, like a Canadian it, institution that operates down there? Yes. Correct. Yeah, yeah, like RBC or TD or something. Yeah, so a lot of them do it. So RBC, BMO... HSBC. We yeah. found the two best are RBC and BMO that we've worked with. RBC and BMO. Okay, good to know. Yeah, I've heard RBC's worked. I think my mother-in-law used TD uh, okay. in Florida successfully. I've just done private so far. But yeah, uh, yeah we'll, we'll come to that eventually. I'll probably end up just using a private fund because they'll do amortized loans as well. So, 
uh, and they don't ask questions. <laughs> Beyond like, that. like, show me yeah. cash. Show yeah. me you have cash. Show me you can afford. You know. So what do you? Uh, you said how much in tax? Twelve hundred for the year. Sixteen hundred. Just over sixteen hundred for the year for property taxes. Okay. And then insurance is going to be a bit more with Airbnb. Yeah. So our insurance, I think, was like fifteen forty three for the year. That's really not bad at all. Nope. And that uh, was for for a vacation rental. Okay, then maintenance I got there at 5%. Uh, that doesn't cover your cleaning and consumables. That's just sort of like wear and tear. I think that's yeah. appropriate. That's appropriate, yeah. yeah. Okay, and then utilities, what, uh, I mean, you're paying for all of them. What do you figure you're in for? Yeah, so everything like yeah. garbage pickup, okay, uh, yeah. internet cable, everything is around like anywhere, depending on air conditioning, whatever, anywhere between like 225 and 300, I would say. For everything? Yeah, garbage pickup is like water, 65. Sewer, everything. Yeah, it's like $90, $65. Yeah. Do you have to put in the pool costs because we yeah. had a pool? Yeah, so we can, oh, yeah, sorry, that's, we'll put that in the landscaping. Yeah, category. landscaping. <laughs> so, uh, but that's so just for in house. 12, so you're six grand a year in utilities and all that. Yeah. Uh, management, are you paying management down there? So, for yeah, it's 15% property management. 15, okay, that's a decent deal. Yeah, we've worked it out, so that's great. Okay, so landscaping and pool. Uh, so pool maintenance is one twenty five a month. One twenty five, and then landscaping is, I believe, it was one fifty. One fifty a month. Okay. Yeah, so about thirty three hundred for the two of those. Are you in an HOA? No. No. So no. none of those. Nothing fees. for that. Uh, then we've got uh, consumables and cleaning on all of that, right? So yeah, so it was um, 100, we would charge Airbnb 175 a clean and it, ended, it was around 140 a So clean on top one... of your 83 was was the cleaning fee as well? Yes. Okay, so we'll just wash that then yeah, pretty much. you can just wash we, it. We won't pay any attention. So consumables and cleaning were covered. Yeah. I like that. I mean, when I look at what comes in off of Airbnb, I'm just looking at the entire amount they put in my account. So then I have to work work backwards. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I got a miscellaneous there. I'm just gonna put a miscellaneous for 500 bucks. Is there anything else we missed that would that should have been covered here? No, I think that's yeah. yeah, about right. Okay, so at your purchase price of seven fifty five plus, so seven seventy, you're all in with the staging. Yeah, no, I would say because if you want to include closing costs as well, mm-hmm. we're probably in it first. It was probably about, oh yeah, about seven eighty five. Seven eighty five. Okay, seven eighty five. Mm-hmm. So on a seven eighty five, that's showing at around a six point eight cap, and. I'm sure there's upward mobility in terms of the amount of revenue you're going to pull in year two. Exactly. Are you like your super hosts now or? Oh, we were yeah. within the first month or two. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So you've done a really good job of staging it. Um, I'd like to see it. Is there an easy way to look it up? Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I don't, we'd have to look at, yeah, I don't know if we could. We won't worry yeah. about it right now. We can do it later. Yeah. Uh, okay. So just to, to finish the thought, so your mortgage payment looks like it's around 31, 3,200 a month. About 3,200 a month. Yeah. yeah and that leaves about. Twelve to thirteen hundred dollars in cash flow. About that, yeah. On a monthly, not bad for a first one that's managed and you're relatively totally. hands off at this point, right? Yeah, we were hands off on everything. Yeah, yeah. we actually competed for that property. Yeah, there was like multiple offers. Other people wanted it at the timing, yeah. like, and that's what we were just chatting about actually this morning with a friend. It, we're getting people now ready to act in the U.S., mm-hmm. but we do see it's going on a more downward trajectory for the next little bit here. Like it's already corrected quite a bit from yeah. last year. It has, yeah. but we're seeing it slow down even more. Like the, when we look every week for clients, mm-hmm. um, a lot more inventory is coming on the market and sitting on the market. Interesting. Whereas four months ago, five months ago, things were selling still within, you know, 20 to 40 days. And now they're more like 65 to 
80 days on market. Interesting. I'm seeing mm-hmm. it kind of go the other way in Florida. So it was bad in December and now it's starting to, to come back up. Okay. Yeah. So you, you figure yours, it's probably gone down in value a little bit since you bought it then. Yeah, exactly. That. Yeah. And I mean, some of our clients, um, the nice thing about buying in the US, and I mean, mm-hmm. if you're doing private money, it's a little bit different, but once you've owned a US property as a Canadian for over, and you've made 12 mortgage payments, you can now start applying for US credit. So what they'll do is the banks will use your U.S. credit with your global income. So it's a mm-hmm. lot easier to qualify for that second, third, fourth property. Really? So yeah. even American banks uh, being a foreign national? Yep. I mean, in your case, you're just going to be looked at as a U.S. citizen. I will be, but that's yeah. not the case for 99% of our clients. And so um, a few of our clients right now that have owned for over a year are actually going through that yeah. process. Really? Yeah. And they're having success because I've just been, I've basically not even been trying that because. You should, I, yeah. Told, we've been told that, you know, it just won't work. <laughs> we've been told by a couple of mortgage brokers that we work with. And so he's connected us with two um, lenders that are uh, like helping them with the process. And these are fully American lenders, not like your Canadian banks nope. operating down there. Nope. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so that's handy. So, so the idea is build up your credit. You still you still have an international taxpayer ID. That, that would be the way you do it, right? An yep. ITIN, ITIN number. Yeah. yeah, and then you're still, but you're applying as if you're well. You're still ticking off foreign national, you're right? Still, yeah, but, but you credit. have U.S. credit, and, there and are, that's what they look some for. Some lenders are okay with that. They are. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Just for for uh, you know noting it, uh, you are paying off seven hundred and you know fourteen. To seven hundred and fifty dollars a month on your mortgage. So, even if the property's gone down, you've paid off some of it. So exactly. <laughs> and the cool thing is, like that five percent's locked in for like, thirty years. Yeah, I mean, the, in Canada, they create this ticking time bomb for the insanity that's happening right now by just put people into five-year mortgages at two percent, and then you know, surprise, here's eight percent for your renewal. Uh, like, I think Canadians have been conditioned to sort of accept that as normal, but it's not. I, I don't know what other countries do. I know the U.S., they think it's insane. Like the people I've talked to down there, they're like, what, you actually do that? Um, because they, down there, they just love to take their their 30-year AMs. And, oh, of course. Well, and, their 30-year term. Yeah. So. And it's so hard. We've seen a lot of clients struggling right now because they were in that you know 2.65 mortgage for five mm-hmm. years. And then six, seven months ago, they come and their mortgage is tripled. Yeah. Doubled or tripled. And it's it's sad to see, right? Because it's horrendous. People are paying an extra thirty, forty thousand dollars a year, sometimes sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year we've seen with some clients. And that's a lot of money when you've got a quarter of a million dollar income between two Yeah. within your family and you're paying an extra sixty thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Oh no, it's insane. Um, I, I wonder about the effect of that because obviously we're gonna have in in the next five years, we're gonna have so many mortgage defaults, so many power sales. And a lot of homelessness and all that stuff. And, and then offsetting that is all the people pouring in that still have money that are still somehow convinced that Canada is the Canadian dream. You know, like it's like the American dream where, you know, you can go make it in Canada. And to a degree, I, I totally think you can, but it's not what it was. And I think that the appeal of it has definitely gone down. And uh, I was actually just talking to somebody the other day at my meetup. And, and I, I just said, hey, the funniest part about all of this is people are so accepting of the fact that you have politicians who spent recklessly, like they stole your money when they printed money and they flooded all these dollars into the market. So they stole your money then. And then the consequences of them stealing your money is in a stat that they call inflation, which is the effect of them stealing your money. And then their response to that is rather than them suffer, <laughs> they jack the interest rates up to like a sponge, suck up all your extra money so you can't spend it. That's pretty much what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And we're so accepting of it. Um, 
where I'm going with this is it's still the same in the US, but not as bad. <laughs> I guess they'll still spend, but if you can at least have that certainty with a 30 year, that's a huge win. And just even we were chatting about the 1031 exchange that they have mm -hmm. and all the tax benefits and how mm -hmm. you can defer it. And there's just so many different, you know, loopholes mm -hmm. in the States where you can, you know, however many times your wealth, way different than you can in Canada. And so we're learning yeah. that, you know, inside and out right now. But Canadians really can't use the 1031 unless, no, no, unless they, they get yeah. tax residency down there. But it's just even for yeah. Canadians, like we we know Canadians that um, just have their tax ID and mm. they're buying as foreign, foreign nationals, but they're able yeah. to, you know, times their net worth by so much more than they can here in Canada, right? Because of just being more strict and, yeah. and all that. Oh, so. yeah. It's like, even without becoming a, re a tax resident of the U.S., which was like initially that was my plan, and now I'm, you know, I may do it, may not, but I'll still that'll still be the playground for now. Like I'm not interested in building in Canada right now. N not that I'm like we're we're building our hospitality and we found another resort and we bought it, but uh, generally speaking, my focus is down there. I think that that's a, you know, that's where where I would prefer to grow. And I think you're both saying that that's sort of where you're at too. Well, Mexico as well. <laughs> Mexico for Amy. Yeah, so but tell the, me about, tell me about that us, too. Yeah. 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 So Mexico and, and to kind of rewind a bit about, you know, obviously why we're here and why we're so passionate. We, Ali and I co-founded a cross-border program for mm -hmm. Canadians that mm -hmm. was, you know, it's still in the works because we were waiting to get licensed ourselves mm -hmm. and again, invest ourselves. So we understand it more from the yeah. top down. Um, but Mexico was, big on our list because you know i've been going for pretty much every christmas and new year's for the past you know four years and just loved yeah. it um a lot of canadians continued especially from vancouver and the west coast to go yeah. on a you know four-hour direct flight to los cabos mexico and it is north america's luxury playground if you experience it, it like that's Cabo, the Cabo people talk about? Yes. Yeah. Cabo versus Cabo. Yeah. I got how, I got how am I supposed to... Uh, Cabo? Cabo? Cabo. Cabo? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was Cabo. Yeah. Just from watching like Entourage back in the day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great show, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and just, just the economics of it are just exciting. And they already have uh, like an international airport. You can get to like where, where I invested personally. It's an 18 minute, uh, you know, drive from the airport. Yeah. to my front door um mm -hmm. the so you have a place there it's it's being built and it's done in in january okay. yeah and so it is so 95 percent of the purchases are straight cash in oh, mexico yeah. however yeah. we yeah. we do like we i'm about to go through the refinancing of that property mm -hmm. because they'll only let you refinance it one month to lock up so you can put all your cash down. It's spread out in chunks. Mm -hmm. So I think we did 20% every six months. Yeah. And then at the end, they'll let you refinance up to 60% back. And you can't get a construction mortgage down there? No. I guess it's a lot different no. politically. Like there's their institutions are probably not as interested. They don't have private funds down there that lend. They do. So the funds might lend you a construction financing. Like that's what I've done in the US. I have a private fund that like it's very structured. Like that's what that's their business. That's what they do something to look into yeah. because yeah i think we still need to look into that like our our main thing was kind of setting up shop there we have you know our brokerage angle invokers um they have 11 shops that's your brokerage in, yeah no, that's the high-end stuff yeah, yeah. okay but, is that, that where you always were or? yeah we but, we've been oh, there for the last four and a half years yeah. together 
-hmm. yeah i always like to stop and like look at all the listings because it's like international just like yeah it's it's a global brokerage yeah 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 we're in 33 plus countries now over a thousand Mm -hmm. shops just in spain mallorca there's you Mm -hmm. know more than 20 shops on that island so the goal um is to obviously continue to expand globally but for us we still like to have that storefront, that shop in Paris that our clients take a photo of oh, yeah. in front of and send it to it's us. So yeah, cool. like when I'm in Naples, yeah. we're walking down the strip, you stop yeah. and you look at all, like they'll have like German listings there and stuff. It's kind of, it's just interesting to look at. It it's is. an interesting uh, brand, the way they, they do that. Exactly. But uh, Cabo looks amazing. I'm just looking it at is. a photo. I wish <laughs> I could show you my the property that myself and a bunch of our clients bought yeah. because some of them didn't even see the property yeah. and we, we took them, actually just last month, I, I met a couple of, of our clients and they had, you know, one of their, the wife had tears in her eyes because she was like, this is amazing. Does the dollar go way further there? Well, for, oh, it does, yeah. For, Even for, in Cabo being like, Yeah, for like $400,000 $400, or you can still get some stuff for three hundred four hundred thousand dollars $400,000 that cash flows very, very well. Yeah, and it, but I mean, when you think I spent $400,000 on this and you see like it's a big place, Versus in Toronto, like four hundred thousand dollars, like there is nothing you can buy for that. We'll put so it hers this is way: four hundred thousand for three bedrooms. Yeah, yeah it was four hundred and six thousand dollars USD, though. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. Um, and then closing costs are about five to six percent. Okay, which is kind of like British Columbia with the five percent GST that we have on all purchases of all, all new construction. Yeah, yeah. And then it was 19 here. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We were just told that in the car. Yeah. Wild. And it's cheap yeah, for you. <laughs> for us. Yeah. Um, and it was 1900 square feet. So the yeah. price per square foot was only yeah. $260 a square foot. Where, okay. you know, I picked up the condo guide in Toronto today and at the peak it was 1700 a square foot for a, mm. you know, a newer yeah. condo, right? But I think to know what about is like the, developer and everything to talk about because that was a huge selling feature for you and our, our clients yeah like i because i stayed at the viceroy which is they it was rated the top hotel in all of cabo for 2022 okay. and it rents for about 1200 to 1400 usd a night for a one bed yeah. well the same architect three minute drive away from that hotel was doing the one that i bought in for the pre-construction so yeah. but at one million dollars cheaper Okay. And Ali and I over the years have done so well for ourselves and clients following actually luxury hotel chains. So How do you mean? Following? Just following knowing where like the St. Regis is getting built in Cabo right now. So you just go seasons, to where they're building a really nice one and then you set up your Airbnb around the corner? <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. And how, why what's the logic behind that? The logic is that you know, if you are a family or a group of friends, do you want to pay the 1200 to $1400 dollars a night? to stay in a one bedroom or three minutes away, do you want to get a three bed and den villa Yeah, with the same amenities? So we make sure that the amenities in the community have a pool, pool yeah. security, also uh, it's a gym, pool. luxury. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this is like a, an apartment unit? Yes, it? exactly. So it's a okay. one level apartment yeah. apartment yeah. building um, with it's, it's located on a Jack Nicklaus golf course. Like it's so nice. When I'm there, I'm going pinch me. This feels like it's not golf? real. Oh, I, I can whack something at top she golf. Can golf. <laughs> Allie can <All> right. golf. <laughs> but I think it's important, yeah, because um, like Amy said, you can spend, get two rooms for $3,000 or $2,500 a yeah. night or go stay there for 
800 a night or 650 a night, depending on what the nightly rate is. And you have like a kitchen to cook in and you've mm -hmm. got like this luxurious, you know, pool and amenities and gym, just like they have there. And it's like a five minute golf cart ride to that yeah. same property. I mean, it's a Sounds no brainer. Wonderful. Yeah, I can't wait to enjoy you, staying there with you're her. You're welcome to come. <laughs> yeah, I can't, can't wait. That would be awesome. I'm sure my wife would, would be in. I don't know if I'd, she would uh, want to know if Mexico's safe. I don't know if she's, well, she actually went on a mission trip to Mexico many Amazing. years ago. I'm sure I could convince her. It's so safe. I feel very, very safe. We get asked that a lot and yeah. it it was built on tourism, Cabo. So. Yeah, if you stay in those little pockets that are, are tourist friendly, like, you know, I think they know that this is our business. We can't be having bad stuff happen in these towns because it brings so much money into the country. Uh, so much money into the cartel's pocket, so they you know they don't want uh, that that going anywhere. Exactly. Is there? There's no cartel tax where you guys are, or is there a an not, unwritten tax? Not that. Yeah, we don't <laughs> we don't have a cartel tax that I know about in Gabo. <laughs> I hope people can read between the lines of what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. It'd be a real shame if something were to happen to your business. We can we can offer protection. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, what uh, what do you expect that one to do? So that one, I based it on 67% occupancy, mm -hmm. uh, doing $80,000 gross. So 80,000 is 67% occupied. Yes. So 80,000. Okay. And do you know what your taxes will be? Taxes in Mexico are ridiculously cheap. So it's about $300 for the whole year. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, that's the probably... one amazing thing is there. It's ridiculously cheap. Probably something to do with uh, the level of uh, services provided. I don't know. Man. I, I, I take the lower taxes, honestly. Um, yeah. So we <laughs> insurance. What uh, What do you think you're going to pay? Have you quoted that yet? No, but part of the the loan that I was talking about that you can finance as a Canadian Mexico, mm -hmm. they do do a five hundred dollar a month insurance. So I don't know. I think it's to do with life insurance, to be honest. But I, yeah, property insurance, different. I haven't looked. I'll I'll know in a, in a few months here. Okay, I so would put it at like three hundred, maybe by a month. No, not not per month for insurance. Well, I mean, if you look at like look at loss value, like yeah. it, what would a comparable loss value on four hundred thousand dollars be? Um, well, actually, no, you're gonna have a condo fee that's gonna insure the building, like your actual condo on the unit itself. The, yeah. H, the HOA is three fifty a month. Yeah, that so one. that's gonna have its own insurance. So your insurance is probably gonna be like five hundred a year or something on that uh, to insure just like the interior of it and pay for liability. I'm making an assumption here, so we we may find out that. And I'm I have wrong. hurricane uh, windows, so you never know my hurricane rate windows? might go down. <laughs> it well, probably I mean, will again, actually. A, the condo probably owns that. Does the HOA own that? Uh, uh, like we had to just pay extra, like eleven thousand. Oh, you paid extra, so it's not or not a true condo. It's an HOA, like the building. But Correct. if it's an apartment, it's in a four it has story. to be a condo. A four story. It's a, it's a, it's three levels. So it's like stacked. Or, yeah. I feel like the building is still like considered common element, right? Oh yeah. 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 Okay. So it's then a, it's condo, an HOA. Yeah. yeah. HOA. Like we don't really have HOAs here. We have like they call them like it'll be a land condo if they don't actually own the building. Um, you guys can correct me yeah. if uh, if you know it differently. But um, okay. So we'll assume that you're paying you're paying that insurance in there uh, three fifty a month. Kind of does that cover any utilities? Or are you still going to pay? You still have to utilities? pay your utilities. So everything's so. separate. Like there's no centralized heating, cooling. Well, there wouldn't need to be heat. There probably. need to be there. There's uh, air conditioning, like central centralized AC, AC for I, the whole building, or just for no your for unit? for the unit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're probably. Do you have any idea what you'll pay utilities wise? Probably like a hundred and. 
125. Yeah, 125. Like, like utilities like are cheaper down there? They're very, yeah. Everything is, is cheaper in Mexico. I like the sound. I like the sounds of everything. <laughs> Why do you think cheaper? we're trying to get everyone down there? Yeah. <laughs> Management, do you have you been quoted? What are the uh, yeah, 15%, 15, just like okay. Arizona. And then there wouldn't be any landscaping. You're just going to have your, your condo fee. Uh, no no pool maintenance, nothing like that. So nope. Nope. Uh, equals so 350 times 12. So 4,200 a year kind of covers all that stuff. And then I'll just leave a miscellaneous in there and let's do the total numbers. So you said you're going to, you're going to be 430 plus your staging, right? Yeah. So I would put 25,000 for furniture. Okay. So we're going to go like 455 then, if that sound about yep. right. Yeah. So 455,000. Well, this cap rate sounds better than the last yeah. one. <laughs> so this cap rate's coming in at 12.5. Now that's a, that's a better ballpark. I like that. Uh, so at, you think 60% you'll finance? Yes. 60% financed at 30 year M? Uh, so they actually do, um, nine there's, there's, it's 9%. So th there's two different oh, ones you can. It's a different calculation. It's a different altogether. calculation. So, yeah. so this would be interesting actually to do the numbers with you, but it's 9%. it's 9% interest rate, but they do it over 10 year M. Oh no, 44% per, for, for oh, nine yes, years. Yes, yes. And Sorry, then, that's the other. oh, it's a 10 year M. Well, 10-year AM for 4% interest. Okay. That's probably what you'll do. Yeah. You'll still cash flow $1,900 a month. It's insane. So 10-year AM uh, at 60%, that's $273,000 mortgage. Uh, so your payment would be twenty-seven, like dollars ish I mean, they may compound it differently. Uh, so it might, you know, give or take. But uh, based on the Canadian calculation, nineteen ninety a month cash flow. I think what's important too is that basing it on 68% and that's conservative. Like I think a lot of mm -hmm. those we looked at were like a hundred plus, but she mm -hmm. wanted to do it very conservative and we wanted to do that for our clients as well, just to mm -hmm. kind of show them like these are going to be realized numbers, but that's at 68% occupancy and they're all doing like in the nineties. So that gives so her there's a, lot a couple months to live there yeah. and still do those numbers. Yeah. So you can, you can use it yeah. yourself. So, you know, just looking at your return breakdown on this, you're obviously 12, your 12% cash, um, I shouldn't say obviously, but that is the way it works out here. Uh, your 12% cash on cash. So that's $23,000 in the year, twenty almost 24. Your appreciation, if we figure 2% is nine, but even if you wanted to zero that out, I can tell you that it's, it's already showing. gone up about 30%. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> even if you had no appreciation, yeah. it's showing yeah. with the pay down and the cash flow, 25% return. Yeah. And then what about what, like, I mean, to any Canadian, this sounds too good to be true. And they would just attribute it to, well, it's Mexico and I'm not going to go to Mexico. So what are the what are the biggest in people's minds barriers to going to Mexico? I think so. Again, if we just kind of rewind here. So 2012, we had 69,000 Canadians by a cross border. And in 2021, right after COVID, that number dropped to 8,800 Canadians. So it's nothing new that that people have been buying across border. And in mm -hmm. Mexico, everyone is Canadian or American mm -hmm. because it's so built on tourism. Yeah, you're saying in those, in those towns. Mm -hmm. anyway. Exactly. So the, yeah. a barrier that people always talk to us about is, you know, is my money safe? You know, how does mm -hmm. it work for taxes? How does it work for yeah. um, just anything to do with um, foreign income. So, mm -hmm. um, do you get residency? Do you not get res residency? How does that look like? So we yeah. kind of have, we built like our power team of, you know, the accountant, the lawyer, the finance people that will help them, you know, put as little money as they can down if possible. But a lot of our clients, um, you know, safety, like we talked about, 
but anywhere can be, you know, there's crazy things happening. Even in Vancouver. downtown Vancouver, I, like Amy says, Amy feels safer in Los Cabos in the area where she bought it and then she does downtown Vancouver walking around. Yeah. So, so the yeah. barriers are just a normal thing, you know, but yeah. for us, the reason we pushed ourselves to go cross border is we started to see what cryptocurrency was doing in this you know, app called Decentraland and Sotheby's having an art gallery and you take your little avatar and you're, you start to buy real estate in literally the clouds and okay. you're not seeing it and you're not touching it. Yeah. And, and we're going, okay, well, if people are doing that, why aren't we buying cross border in places that we know yeah, baby it's, boomers it's like real. our parents, yeah. they're all going down there, mm -hmm. whether they have arthritis, whether they care yeah. about politics or climate change or whatever mm -hmm. they're doing, people are moving their money mm -hmm. into places with better cash flow and a better lifestyle. Yeah, I think lifestyle is key. And like bringing it back to our clients that went down with Amy, who had never seen this property, Amy had let them know, listen, I'm buying in this development called Cora. They didn't know where to put their money. Okay, they're in their late 50s. We had just mm -hmm. sold their one bedroom in downtown Vancouver. And they wanted something where they could, they love Mexico. They're like, Mexico, this is wonderful. And so now they can spend two or three months a year down there and have, they're going to do cash because they're retired and they mm -hmm. want to have that extra cash flow. So they're going to get this cash flow every month that's going to allow them to travel the world when they're not staying there. Mm -hmm. And they're in this like luxurious playground, you know, in Cabo in an unbelievable resort. And they were, they were crying. They couldn't believe it. Right. So it's just mm -hmm. helping others show them even out around our ages. Like you can change your lifestyle now. You don't have to wait till you're, 50, yeah. 60, 70 years old, we can do it now and watch that appreciate over mm -hmm. the next 20 years and enjoy it in the meantime. And appreciation like, yeah. is key. Like the ones that we sold, we kind of had a rule, which is, you know, don't go over and above this amount. So for mm -hmm. us, it was don't go over $500,000 in this development because we ran yeah. all the numbers like you just did. And so everyone that bought was under $450,000. And mm -hmm. there, you cannot buy in there now for less than 650,000 USD. Ooh, the same yeah. unit, and the same one and a half plan. years. Yeah. So one and a half years. And I think that's the best thing that we've seen is in Vancouver and Toronto, you can't put a shovel in the ground and build a condo tower for less than probably about $2,000 a square foot now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there you're buying at $255 a square foot to maybe $300 a square foot oh, yeah, still. It's, it's and I think good. what's important to know though is that since Amy's been going down there a lot, she's built these incredible connections that are VIP connections where they, Amy bought herself and then a bunch of other clients bought between 400 and 450, depending on what they bought. And when they, the next phase of offering exact same units were going for 485 mm -hmm. and then 550 yeah. and now they're 650 so just in the year and a half since she bought or two years she's seen two hundred fifty thousand dollars of appreciation mm -hmm. right where th there we do have a couple offerings coming up and that's what we love to do because we're getting in at the ground level mm -hmm. and there's that built-in appreciation for and it's it's what clients. it's supposed to be for pre-construction there whereas you know in vancouver we noticed it's more expensive for pre-construction than resale units okay so so i want to talk about this uh pre-construction topic because uh there's people who swear by pre-construction in my network. I've never been a pre-construction guy, but I, I like to hear it out as a concept and there's gotta be something there. Like, it seems to me that if you wanna play that game, you have to be analyzing what, in, what property appreciation has been over the years and applying that rate to what you're buying. And people will knowingly pay more than a resale unit 
there's twofold probably reason one i mean brand new is better than slightly used uh in terms of maintenance and upkeep and condo fees and all that uh but then there's the uh the other side of it is that that they get to only put down partial deposits and they're calculating a return based on the partial deposits that they're putting down it feels a lot to me like i mean i get it there are people who like are listening to this that are just diehard pre-construction and that's the thing and, and my good friend is one of them and it just feels a lot like you're relying on that speculation you're relying on it so one thing i will say is that we have been very pro pre-construction for years mm-hmm. amy and i've been buying pre-construction for the last 10 years like we pre-construction has been something that we've found very variable because it's always been on sale mm. so when we've been buying it it was less than resale it was less than resale yeah and we were getting in at a yeah. vip rate now it does not make sense because when you add in the gst it's the same people that are selling it but they have to sell it at more because they can't build it for less right it's the same developers you're working with the same people making an offer it's just now their price sucks compared to what you can buy for resale exactly and then this is why amy's like so amazing at you know looking at deals and and for example you can even talk about the the building couple buildings downtown where you can buy for a thousand less a square Mm -hmm. foot yeah the other one's going to be brand new in three or four years but you're buying more square footage for yeah. a thousand less just for a couple years old building sure. like it's just you know it yeah depends well, what people alley, want but. so i used to work under concord pacific under their umbrella mm. so i would usually buy in every concord mm. building but it was like almost at a staff type of entry staff right? discount. <laughs> so ali actually got one of yeah. the the lowest priced condos in yale town at, at the time i was selling one of the towers and you know morning time very very low price point pretty much by dinner time it was you know mm-hmm. up 80k more or quite quite yeah. a lot of a difference but again if you've got those relationships and you've got yeah. those ties then and you know it's mm-hmm. on sale because like you mm-hmm. said you have to study like we're quite you know we're data freaks we love our spreadsheets mm-hmm. as well and we know if you base it off of every peak we've had in the last you know say since 2016 when the market kind of went for its tear we like to base things. We're the only realtors, I think, out there that whenever we do market evaluations for properties now, pre-sale or resale, we're looking five years ago. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is in downtown Vancouver, five years ago, Ali and I were selling one bedrooms in the same buildings downtown for more than they are today. It's five-year-old really? pricing in downtown Vancouver. If you've mm-hmm. got extra money and you're not relying on cash flow, it is one of the best buys out there mm-hmm. right now because it's been so flat for so many years. It's been flat yeah. for seven years. Wow. So, but you've got the pre-constructions going on, you know, for, we just sold one for $3,500 a square foot. Holy moly. So right? eventually we know it's gonna yeah. not get that older stuff get up to that, but it, we are gonna see a lot of appreciation happening over the next five to seven years with that distressed downtown market because it hasn't gone up like everywhere else well you got yeah i mean eventually water will flow to the lowest point i mean people's money will eventually go there when they find it a value i'm not sure what do you guys attribute that to like where where are they putting their money elsewhere that they're not putting it down there and causing those prices to go up i think just at post covid because 2019 we had spec tax come in vacancy tax and foreign buyers tax so it just hurt so it just hurt then you had covid and people just wanted to get went to the suburbs no one wanted to be in elevators touch anything other people were touching everyone went out and got townhomes or detached you know 45 minutes to an hour outside of the city you know they didn't have to commute they were working from home so and while i'm all for that i mean people just just went nuts (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna call a spade a spade yeah that (laughs) that too that too (laughs) amy and i were still working 
like normal. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so um, I'm curious what you think, because I look at the factors that affect Canada. I mean, obviously you keep jacking interest rates like this and sucking up people's money. Something's going to break. Something, no, nothing's broken yet, but they're obviously trying to break something because you are not going to force uh, appreciation or uh, you're not going to take down inflation without causing a recession. It's just not going to happen, especially to the degree that we had it. And I don't believe there's any pre precedent for doing it. So if they cause the recession and, you know, now we're going to have, um, you know, higher interest rates, we're still going to have people coming into the country. So you have the opposing effects. The, the recession and the interest rate hikes are going to push values down and the people coming in are going to push them up. Where do we land? Do we stagnate? Do we do we go up? Like, what are your thoughts? I think for, for us, like, we do see, like, it, Vancouver again specifically because it's so landlocked mm -hmm. that really you can only go up. Mm -hmm. So we don't have enough detached homes mm -hmm. in greater Vancouver or even the Fraser Valley to take care of all the people that are coming in. We haven't even had that. Yeah, even for condos, um, and we actually were talking to, uh, well, the VP of, of Concord, and he was saying, you know, it is going to be in, in another couple years, the developers aren't buying the land or building out the land. They're holding on to it. But then mm. that's going to cause another cycle of mm. supply-demand issues. So, you know, we think it's going to be a bit stagnant, especially in the condo market for the next, like, two years. Mm -hmm. And then by 2026, we are we do anticipate it to go on a big run again because hopefully by then interest rates will come down slightly. Yeah. <laughs> what if they're up over 10% by that point? See, that's the thing. I we'll think we'll be in Cabo on the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no. I mean, I think that's but, actually quite yeah, possible. I think too. Like, I, I think our um, every market in the Lower Mainland condo townhouse detached has dropped ten to twenty percent in certain areas. Yeah. Um, in most areas, um, and it in, hasn't started to rebound at all. And it hasn't started to rebound at all. Yeah. We're seeing it slow down actually quite a bit. Not things have rebounded here. See, they yeah. yeah. So they they rebounded a little bit. So it slowed down, mm. and they rebounded a little bit. Now we're on the slower end of things again. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're gonna have like a big correction by any means. I just think we're going to, yeah. I think it's going to be a stagnant run for, you know, yeah. the next coming months, just so everyone kind of figures out a lot of people sure. on the fence are a little scared on where the rates may go. I think yeah. how far can our clients and, and other people, how can they keep up? How much longer can they right. go paying um, these yeah. 30, 40 extra thousand dollars a year? I just, and that's, that's the thing. Like I was even thinking for my own self, I have my North Vancouver house. Well, I had to Airbnb the basement. I had a nice gym down there post COVID, you know, the Peloton mm. collecting dust, but I had to convert it into an Airbnb. And I was so happy to do mm. that because of the extra income. Mm. However, I think about people that can't do that. Like what if they don't have that extra basement mm -hmm. suite to rent? And a lot of and, people don't. You know, it's such a heavy mortgage now. And it just yeah. went up, you know, last week. Yeah, so week, what's going to happen when they're, you know, so they're hitting renewals or the other people on variables. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, but say the ones that come into their renewals, like that's, it's inevitable that a lot of them are going to be like, well, ah, I can't afford it anymore. They just stop paying. And, uh, you know, they choose to, to buy food rather than uh, pay their mortgage. Mm -hmm. And when those hit the, more, uh, hit the market and in large volume, that's where I could see a, a correction followed by a bunch of people who who have been knowing and waiting for this to happen buy it all up and mm -hmm. drive it back up so exactly my thought is like no matter what it happens it's you know some very uh clever uh or well-prepared investors are going to enlarge i'm talking large funds i believe are going to come in and start buying things up for a discount 
And, uh, you know, that that's what's going to change the future. I think I think we're going to see a lot more of centralized ownership in the future. Uh, you're going to have a renter class and, and then, uh, you know, what do they... Uh, Kind of like what the communism outlines, you know, you have proletariat and the bourgeoisie. <laughs> um, kind of like that. Yeah. So I, I just, I can see that that's sort of like the pattern. Well, and I could see, be wrong. Well, you can see yeah. in developers, they, they are choosing to do rental purpose only buildings now mm -hmm. way more than yeah. they were before. So usually they would, you know, do residential sales, right? They would yeah. pre-sell the building or they'd just flip them and have them for sale. Now yeah. they're keeping them yeah. and they're just renting them out. Yeah. So more and more is happening and they're just yeah. waiting. They're going to go. They say, you know what? That's fine. Rent's through the roof. Mm -hmm. It's been up 20% since mm -hmm. last year. We're just going to keep this building, rent it out. We're not going to demolish it yet and build a new you know, tower because mm -hmm. the clients aren't there right now. But they will be like but you they said they will be yeah. or the, you know, they're going to just wait. These guys have huge pockets. Yeah. So it just depends on, yeah. you know, they have the flex long. to do those kind of things, right? It, it, it affects the market. It, it definitely does. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, trying to predict what, what's going to happen in Canada, of course, it's difficult. We can only examine the factors and then prepare ourselves for whatever outcome outcomes seem possible. Definitely. And that's what I try and do. I try and look at what's possible and how am I prepared for it. And that's like us too. Like, we don't think... Um, we definitely see the market going up. You know, it always does over the long run. Mm -hmm. uh, we just think there is going to be some opportunities. And there are some of our clients that have sold that are holding cash that are just waiting um, for the yeah. right time. Yeah. But like you said, when that happens, especially in Vancouver, when people start buying that up, the market's going to go back up again. So it's yeah, only so a matter of time. There's always people out there looking for a exactly. deal. And, and I think that that's where you have that competing force with the immigration. Uh, that's the wild card. So it's not unless we're going to see a situation where people start to see, hey, Canada is not all it's cracked out to be. And I read an article, uh, or I actually more just read the headline the other day that uh, there was less applications in first quarter of, uh, of 2023, which makes total sense because I've even heard some anecdotal stuff of like people who came over here and they're like, you know, doing Uber Eats deliveries and, you know, they can't afford place. And they're like, oh, why did we come here? It was better in India. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, knowing that maybe we start to get less apps, but it doesn't mean we don't get the super wealthy coming over here where they know that they have enough money to have a great life over here. So um, it's a question of how long would it take for that momentum to shift? And I think it would take quite some time. Uh, so it's not that the sky is falling or anything like that. I think there's still great opportunity in Canada, but it is, a, is it the best place? Um, and I think that we've all sort of concluded probably not. At this point yeah. in time, yeah, that's why we are, you know, venturing well, think, into other markets. I think for us, it's, it's we like to think of things in, you know, demographics as we were speaking mm -hmm. about earlier. And we help a lot of people like first responders or people like teachers or mm -hmm. the people that, you know, they're making good incomes. The banks love them, you know, mm -hmm. because they have the strong, you know, re repeated T4A income. Yeah. But they and they have some money saved, say in RSPs, and mm -hmm. they have maybe their partner and their dual income. They have some kids, but how do you get those people ahead? And that's been kind of our yeah. focus: is how do you pad their pen pensions later on? Because they're going to still reside in Canada, right? Yeah. How do you show them? Perhaps you can invest. Yeah. Across border, like you're doing with your wife, and and. And can you make a better return and yeah. and and then have a better lifestyle? Give keys and, and to your friends and family. Mm -hmm. Go enjoy oh, instead yeah. of paying what a, fam what a family pays, right? So you're thinking Cabo well, showing, then for Well, them. and that's the thing. And one <laughs> yeah. thing to just yeah. say about Cabo is um, we've been recently introduced to a broker that will, um, you can use your RSPs. 
as down payment down in Mexico. What? what? Are we back yeah, to we Cabo were, now? Right. I know. Yes, we're back to Cabo. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're you're coming over now. <laughs> but I'm just saying, right? So it's just opening up their eyes, and and for there, it's like you can't get anything here that's decent. Even in like uh, someone called us the other day, said, "Can I get a condo in Langley, brand new construction for under four hundred thousand dollars?" Absolutely not. But we can sell you something in yeah, you know, Mexico or in the U.S. that we can get you in that price point, and it makes sense. So. Yeah, so you can redirect them. Um, obviously, you have your license or you're going to have your license. Will you have your license? In- so I signed everything in December when I was there okay. at the brokerage Snell Real Estate. So they've been operating in Cabo okay. for 25 years. We just had our 25 year anniversary. And so I just, I'm just i work, waiting for my working papers. And, and are you going to have a visa to operate down there? Uh, yeah, te- so temporary residency. They'll give you temporary residency yeah, for yeah. what was the requirement to get that so it, it's changed every year but you can either do like I, i'm doing the insolvency route like having cash so if you're doing that it's about thirty five hundred dollars a month for the last 12 months that you have to show that you have made every month an income down there no no in no, canada just so in you show general. your your bank yeah. statements to say hey I, i've been making okay, so you just show that you can make money and then they'll be okay with that Yes, and if you're a retiree, like my dad's doing it as well, mm-hmm. then you have to have $250,000 last time we checked. So are you going to move your tax residency down there? No, I'm just going to do the temporary. Yeah, temporary. so you're still going to be a Canadian tax resident. Exactly. Can yeah. you but can you move your tax residency So you can there? after uh, three to four years, I think it's mm-hmm. four, you can get like full out citizenship and yeah. like full permanent residency. But I wouldn't need to be a permanent resident of the US, nor would I need to be a citizen to get tax residency there. All I need to do is be there for six months plus a day. That's what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. yeah. And legally. And then, exactly. yeah. And then you also there, I think there's something you got to do on the Canadian side to like renounce your residency. However, that you still have the passport, but you're not a resident. I'll be yeah. going through that next yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. Just because obviously you don't want to have the benefits of Arizona with the giant anchor of British Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Although less yeah. of an anchor apparently from a new home tax. So that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. that's uh, yeah, okay. Um, and then for people who want to invest and not do any of that stuff and they just want to have that, that secondary place down there, uh, are they setting up a, a legal structure or? Correct, yeah. So, and then when you buy in Mexico, you need to buy it in a trust. So that's kind of the way the trust. bank holds the trust for you. You own all the rights to that trust. You can, yeah. you know, resell that trust at any time, and it's it's you fully sell the trust, deeded. Not the, not the real estate. The trust owns the real estate. But the trust has the has beneficiaries. Correct. So you're exactly. So, you're so I'm the new benefi- beneficiaries. Exactly. So that's so how you continues sell on. new yeah. beneficiaries, and then the the buyer, quote unquote, would become uh, the guarantor on the mortgage. Well, yeah, or exactly. Or just buy cash. Exactly, yeah. yeah so just, and again, okay. it's it's mostly cash down there. So the lawyers um, know how to do all that. Yeah, so when we have you're all buying, the lawyers. When you're buying this now, you're buying somebody else's trust, like it's already Because there. it's pre-construction, mm-hmm. I'm just There's setting no up the new, the the new, new trust, trust. To buy it. Exactly. And but can, everyone owns in trust down there. Everyone owns in trust. Huh, okay. Yeah. I know those are popular in Florida too for like homeownership. It's own in a trust. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, if you have a family or... Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, like the cross-border avoid. trust that our clients use as Canadians to buy in, say, Arizona. Mm-hmm. They're setting up trusts right now for about seven to eight thousand dollars with our Canadian lawyer and from they can Toronto. Buy, buy on either side with that, right? Well, it's just it's just better for bypassing probate if they have mm-hmm. kids, legalities. Yeah, uh, seem to be a, from a legal standpoint, trusts seem to be the way that smart wealthy people do it. So the, yeah, it's so not, their you know, kids the death tax, which is you know terrible yeah, to the say, kids but it's, don't it's go through yeah probate ridiculous. and all that. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so if there's a way, I mean, I'm sure you can talk to your lawyers and accountants about how you can roll stuff into a trust. 
Exactly. And, uh, and what's yeah. nice down there is that um, like we've set up in Arizona or even just in the U.S. Mm-hmm. in general and in Mexico, we've got the lawyers, the accountants, the property management, mm-hmm. anything that you need to questions on, we can answer them or they can answer them so for you. have you. a full team that full operates team. in both, both places? Both countries. Or they're in Canada, but they operate. Like, I mean, from an accountant standpoint, are there Canadian accountants that can do the Mexican stuff? Yeah, so the one, um, well, they talk to each other. So okay. you still need two. Because I have, I have like, <laughs> I used to have like one office that did everything for me, the Canadian and the American stuff. I have that here. Yeah. It, he's actually out of, um, yeah. he actually lives out here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of those, but not necessarily for Canada, Mexico. Yeah, Mexico, yeah. we're still um, yeah. kind of getting more accountants to just yeah. be on board because not yeah. a lot. And that's why we kind of created our cross-border okay. thing. Because we need, we need all of those for us Canadians yeah. that want to become snowbirds as early as yeah. possible. <laughs> so question for you, Ali, why, why do Arizona, if you see the numbers are better in Cabo? Because that's where I want to raise my family. Okay. So yeah. it's just that that's more like home. So. More home. Yeah. And I bought yeah. in Tulum personally and the numbers are just as good as Cabo. So yeah. that's my first okay. Mexican investment. However, I couldn't get in early enough to Cora, so I would have done Cora before. But yeah. um, but yeah, my next investment will be in Cabo. Okay. In the same development as Amy is just a little bit smaller property. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like you just adjust your numbers accordingly, but it'll still still be uh fairly profitable it, like the deal you shared with me is that still like possible or not quite that good but still good it's, it's it it will be in the next family friends vip one okay. we have so you guys are getting in with some oh yeah we've got it's yeah. a couple amazing. more it's amazing cool. and even in tulum where ali bought you know we didn't go over that because might not have enough time but tulum's another mm-hmm. amazing place to invest and she bought a a villa like a full-out detached villa mm-hmm. three bedrooms with not one but two pools and she bought it for three hundred and twenty thousand dollars. You can get that today, and that will make 80 almost eighty to a hundred thousand dollars. What are you gonna do with two pools? I don't understand. I'll be up in one. She'll be down. In the, <laughs> the kids, the will, kids be will be in one. one. <laughs> Parents will be in another. <laughs> there, so it's just like a split. Uh, it's a. It's was supposed to be two plunge pools, but it's actually they made the pool downstairs a full size pool. So it's an indoor pool. No, no. So it's there's a up on the rooftop. There's a plunge pool. Okay. So it's a rooftop um, patio plunge pool, mm-hmm. and then downstairs off the kitchen is another full-size pool and then it's got a resort style community pool and gym this is tulum he's in tulum so yeah a friend of mine is uh doing a development in tulum and he's very stoked about the airbnb numbers the numbers are incredible we i said to amy i said we're i'm not gonna believe it until we see it firsthand because the numbers are insane like that but you said you bought this one i did you have do you own it yet we, so it's pre-construction, so it'll be oh, done in June. Okay. So that's why we said we don't, like, we've yeah. seen numbers and we've seen a lot of AirDNA results and other results of a colleague that we're working with down there and his client's results, but you can't say it until we've done it ourselves. So um, what's your what's your sense on what that will generate revenue-wise? About 80,000 a year. 80,000 at an even lower price than you had. So we're talking like a 15 cap on that one. 15 to 18%. Yeah, before mortgage. So if you before. just bought cash, 15 to 18% cash on yeah. cash. Wow. Quite the sales pitch for mm-hmm. uh, for these. You guys much, it's just so easy. Just come in here and just talk about it. And <laughs> meanwhile, people it. are it trying to do itself. complex math equations <laughs> to justify Ontario. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, like, again, I, I, you can make a deal work anywhere, mm-hmm. but it's how many of those great deals do you see coming across your desk in a day? And it sounds like there's probably a little easier to find down there. Anything you wanted to like just share words of wisdom, something we didn't cover that you wish you had a chance to say? Um, tell me. I think we went over quite quite mm-hmm. a bit, but I think just to tell 
Canadians out there don't feel def- deflated or de- or defeated. I think a lot of the news is is doom and gloom mm-hmm. uh, for what's to come. We keep hearing us saying, stay alive till 25. And it's just really embedded in my head. Um, but there are other opportunities out there. Yeah. And you just need to be creative. You need to structure your power team. And whether, you know, we go for a run here, a, a dip there. Yeah. Follow your your economic fundamentals. Stay yeah. true to the algorithms that you should have with a good realtor in, in your back pocket. And go search for sunnier locations because that's where our parents and, and the inheritance mm-hmm. wave and booms coming and get ahead of it because mm-hmm. you want to be that Canadian who does that before the big wave that is coming. And it's, yeah. it's coming. That transference of wealth that's happening are going to happen the next five to 10 years. Um, there's trillions of dollars that's going to be passing yeah. down, right? And so I don't think people are realizing that, why, that mm-hmm. which is why, you know, the doom and gloom. Yes, we might see a little bit of a doom and gloom over the next 10 months, have a run here, you mm-hmm. know, throughout Canada, throughout, you know, North America, yeah. but it will eventually go up. And like to Amy's point, make sure, you know, if you are getting into investment real estate or you want to buy your invest- first investment purchase, you're working with an investor, you know, investment focused realtor, yeah. not just any realtor that's going to say, okay, well, I can get you into that project. Make sure they're running the numbers, make sure they know yeah. what's going on, right? Like you, you need to be with an educated um, realtor that has your best interest at heart. So yeah. That's yeah. important. Yeah. Well said. I mean, you want to work with somebody and work with a winner, mm-hmm. work with somebody who just, you know, goes out and does it like they actually do it. They do it well. Um, there's just uh, it's an intangible. You can't describe how valuable that is, um, and I've done that in my my career as an investor. I'm always made sure I work with good people. So awesome. Okay, where can people find you and learn more? So our Instagram, we're quite heavy on Instagram. So I'm Amy Ames, which is A M Y A M Z Z, and Allie is Allie Ballam. So A L L Y B A L L A M, and uh, you can go to amyandallie.com, and that's uh, kind of all of our. <laughs> what we're up to and awesome yeah thank you okay. so much for having us yeah, thank you yeah my pleasure is great uh, meeting you and learning all about this this is great so yeah we'll share that contact info in the uh show notes and uh yeah next time you're uh you're in town uh, i'm picking you up from the up. airport andrew and yeah cabo, cabo and give me the best real <laughs> yes. estate tour. cabo would be great yeah yeah let's Can we let's make it soon please yeah. <laughs> okay sounds good all right thanks. awesome thank you thank you there are a lot of people out there talking about the infinite banking strategy and whether or not it makes sense for them to find out what it's all about and if it's a fit for you visit control and forward slash andrew hines where my audience can gain exclusive access to books podcasts and webinars tailor-made for real estate investors.